Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey everybody, we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. (laughs) How's it going, y'all? Yeah, how's it going, Tom? How you doing, Tom? Let me me tell you how good it's going for me. Uh, This week in Christmas podcast fantasy football, I was paired up against Anthony. And I have had my largest victory yet. It's not over yet, but there is a 99% chance that I win. I have never I, seen it say 99% before. I have not it's changed not like, my team in like weeks. Not to mention I got stuck with uh, Aaron Rodgers after that stupid trade I made with CJ weeks back. Now you could trade away Aaron Rodgers and get a better quarterback. I know, I know. One who didn't get fined three hundred thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars or whatever for uh, lying about his status and then shirking the NFL rules to keep other players safe. Shirking, Julia. I, don't I know, love your Christmas. What happened? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna. Ha- I was just wondering what happens to aging Packer quarterbacks. First, Brett Favre, now Aaron Rodgers. There's a reason I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> because you like a team that never wins. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I feel like to be a Jets fan, you have to look at the league and say, what team am I never going to see in the Super Bowl? Yes, I'm a Jets fan. You know, I've seen New York win enough times with the Giants. Uh, I'm from Houston. We had the Oilers who were so awful. They were one of the first teams to up and leave their city. And then we got the Texans and uh, how many, how many Super Bowls have they won? Good, good point. The Ast- I'm also an Astros fan and the only time they can win uh, is when they cheat. When we so, cheat. you know, I mean, I'm really glad you guys acknowledge it at least. Julia, I saw all your Christmas trees. They look beautiful. Thank you. We are, we are inside fully decorated. <gasps> and there was much rejoicing. There was. It took a while this year. I feel like it took, it was a struggle. <laughs> this was year. it hard to get motivated to get the Christmas stuff up? It wasn't hard to get motivated. It was hard to get traction. It's okay. like just so much Maybe stuff going are. on that I'd be like, I really want to devote so much time to you Christmas tree, but other stuff is happening and I cannot. No, I wanted to get it up. It's just, I wanted it up too, but it's been, it's been hard getting motivated. We're going to save some of it because my mama is coming next week and my sister and my nephew and uh so hang out with my mama and we're gonna, we're so gonna it is it is my family hasn't been here in almost two years wow 
And there was much rejoicing to quote Tom. There you go. Yes. How was your week, Anthony? It was fine. Uneventful. You hit a big Peloton milestone. Congratulations. 400 rides. That was fun. Yeah. Um, We met Larry's biological sister. That was cute. (gasps) Okay. Those pictures, they're total siblings. They are. He likes to touch her with Yeah, he does. He likes to touch her. I feel like he's trying to give her a hug. (laughs) Immediately when we went to the dog park, there were tons of dogs around and they saw each other and like connected and like stayed, hung out the whole time. So we're going to try to get with the couple who adopted her like once a month. Where do do they live? They live Upper West Side. Fancy. Yeah, she's a lawyer. He works for Cigna Healthcare. So, but you know what? In the end, in the end, we both have mutts for dogs. So, (sighs) Uh, but yeah. So we also know the other. Well, we are aware of who adopted the other siblings and the mom. So we're gonna try to have a big reunion with all big family reunion. How fun would that be? It was adorable. And Larry had so much fun. Good. Um, and also, uh, let's see, what else? They released the first picture of the Sanderson sisters, the first promo picture from Hocus Pocus 2, and they look awesome. They do look awesome. They really do. You don't think so, Tom? Oh, it looks really cool. There's this amazing account that let's call Hocus Pocus Guide on Instagram that likes tracking the filming in Rhode Island and Boston, posting behind a lot of the set photos and stuff. So that's my new favorite account on Instagram. Is that who that's you really posted cool. that had the pictures from like then and now? Yes. Okay. I'll follow but that. It's a great account. And uh, yeah, they said tonight, tonight, the date we're recording this 1115, they're filming their big song and dance number outside at Ooh. Some made up fall festival and Halloween festival in Rhode Island. So. It's very exciting. It is. I'm very excited. I, I, if my sister wasn't so sensitive as she's getting married October 1st, I'd say I'm very excited for October next year because Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out. And also <laughs> because you let me invite my two best friends from England who I haven't seen in years to your wedding and they're coming in. So I'm really excited to see them. And yeah, you're getting married. So that's exciting. That's third on the list. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have a problem with that. <laughs> I think she would. She's so your co-hosts aren't invited. I and I threw that out there. I was like, I got two invitations. I threw it to you guys. You guys said no. I would have been awesome to meet you guys. I, I've met you. We hugged. Oh, yeah, that's true. We we shared we shared beer. That's true. I got to meet your wife. I need to get back. That was so much fun. I want to see you again. I want to see you again, too. Look at that. Linus moment so early in the episode. Just right away. This is a nice change from last week's Home Alone, Home Sweet Home Alone episode where we didn't get along at all. <laughs> well, this is just a brief reprieve before tomorrow night, which was last week. <laughs> <laughs> what are we covering tonight instead of Home Sweet Home Alone, Julia? Well, um, tonight we are covering the Wonderful World of Disney episode. I don't even know what to call that since it's a full-length movie type thing. Um, Eloise at Christmas time. Um, it did originally air under the banner of the Wonderful World of Disney show. 
as in it's a direct to TV Disney production. That's just a fancy way for them to say that. I mean, the wonderful world of Disney was there, wasn't those, wasn't that their like Sunday night movies they used to do all the yeah. time on ABC? Yeah. yeah. I used to, that used to be a big thing growing up for me, like the Sunday night thing. movies. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big thing. Um, so this one is Eloise at Christmas time from 2003, original air date just before Thanksgiving. Um, and it's a sequel. Oh, I didn't know that. It is. We watched the Eloise at the Plaza earlier this year. Interesting. Was that also a wonderful world of Disney special? Maybe. I don't know. It's not important. Yes. Yes, it was from the same year. Same year. It was also from 2003. Yes. Huh. With the same cast. Christina, I I, thought we got the same one again when I had it on. This, yeah, the original one aired April 27th, 2003. I guess they got Julie Andrews and it's like, let's just shoot back to back. Yeah, let's make it happen. That's true. <laughs> um, so, funny story. Uh, Christine did not know that was Julie Andrews. And I was only half paying attention. I'm like, that's Julie Andrews, right? And she's like, I don't think so. It doesn't sound like her. And I'm like, no, it really does. So it doesn't look like her either. <laughs> <laughs> How much history do we have with Eloise the books? I have history with the movie and the books. Okay, so I'll ask. Um, okay, so before we get into plot synopsis and cast, a few questions. Um, I want to know two different histories. One, what is your history with Eloise, the character, um, originally from the books? Anthony. Yeah, I know these books. I read these books. Uh, they were entertaining. She was a little, little mischievous, like, imp, right? She was a little troublemaker, you know? They're... Typical, uh, typical kid character in like very children's books, uh, you know, very roughly drawn, crudely animated, but they're cute. And I appreciated that there was an ornament of her book character on the tree in the plaza. That's one of the oh. first ornaments we saw. Yeah. Very nice. What about you, Tom? Any book history with Eloise? Uh, I read them to Ellie. And that's where it started. So since it is something that we've gone through and we've read the Eloise books, we've read Eloise and Madeline, to, you know, kind of same, same feel, same vibe. So I'm a big fan. I like them. Something is not right. She's you're agreeing. Oh, totally Madeline. She's, yeah, she's, uh, she's an adorable little girl. She's, as I think Anthony said, she's just very innocently mischievous, right? Like, She's not, she's not doing any, she's not setting out to do anything wrong. She really is just a, she's a cute kid that you, you get behind. Interesting. How about you, Gulia? Um, I think I've read one Eloise book and didn't care for it much. So didn't read any of the other ones. Um, none of my kids really got into Eloise, but we love Madeline. So I don't know the real difference there. <laughs> <laughs> But did you read the did you see the Madeline Halloween spoof? No. I did not. Uh, instead of being Madeline, it is uh is it the Frankenstein? Yes, you should look it up. It's Frankenstein, a monstrous parody. And it is adorable. <laughs> it's they're all monsters and they, you know, instead of getting sick, they lose their heads and it's funny. 
That's cool. Yeah. So then what is your history with Eloise on the screen, Anthony? I watched both of these the year they aired in 2003. Uh, my, me and my family were big into those Sunday night Disney movies. Um, That's so cool. That used to air in ABC Family. Um, I thought the first one, Eloise at the Plaza, was okay. I really liked Eloise at Christmas time because it's Christmas. I've always had the, you know, that always bumps something up in my book a point or two just for being set at Christmas. <laughs> it was, it was, I liked it. And I still, I think it was cute watching it today in very low crappy quality on YouTube because Ooh, for some reason it's nowhere. It's nowhere. I mean, Voodoo lists it, but you don't have an option to rent it or buy it, which was a shame. I couldn't I rent it or buy it, it anywhere. Yeah, I couldn't no. find it on it. I couldn't find a torrent for it. Nothing. But it's funny because the first one, which only came out months earlier, to your point, is everywhere. Uh, is everywhere. So, but I liked it. I it was it was cute, and uh, I always liked the whole idea of living in a hotel, especially one as fancy as the Plaza, and like this hotel staff becoming your friends and family. Yeah. Were you a fan of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? Uh, it was after my time, but yes, that's one of the uh, original Disney Channel shows of the modern era. I actually could stand when I would watch it with younger relatives and stuff. I thought it was funny. I liked the whole hotel. It is cute. It's yeah. It was past my time too, but it's a cute show. Yep. What about you, Tom? Uh, I, I watched the Eloise at the Plaza earlier this year as a family movie night thing with Ellie. And it was good. I wanted to do this as a family movie night, but we couldn't find it anywhere. And I'm not going to make a big, big, big elaborate production over a YouTube video that somebody held a camera up to their TV to capture or whatever, right? Yeah, that quality. Yeah. Especially when you watch it on the TV, because like that thing is like pixelated as crap when you put it on. The TV. And, the, and the audio is bad. Like I said, the version we were watching, Christine couldn't even tell it was a... Uh, it was Julie Andrews. How about you, Julia? Um, no history. So I have not seen Eloise at the Plaza, and this was the first time I had seen Eloise at Christmas time. Fresh eyes. Did you like it? It was okay. It was all right. Um, so let's get into what it's about then. Um, Can I it's a guess? Terrible synopsis. Is it about Eloise? at Christmas time? It's pretty close. Oh man, I'm good. Not just Eloise at Christmas time. Eloise at Christmas time, uh, creating havoc in wonderful ways, right? Towards good ends. Um, so plot synopsis is a six-year-old girl tries to reunite a young woman with a former boyfriend before she marries another. That's terrible. Uh, the whole time yeah, I was watching this, it. I was thinking to myself, man, it's too bad they didn't make this movie in the early 90s and cross it over with Home Alone 2 because her and Kevin McAllister together taking on the Sticky Bandits would have been awesome. You think so? No. Hilarious. I would have loved that. Because she's, she's not mean-spirited. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try I don't, this synopsis. Is I don't think Kevin was either, but we'll get into that when we talk about the new Home Alone last week. Last week. So confusing. Okay. Here's a better plot synopsis than the last one. A family film adapted from Kay Thompson's stories about a precocious but lovable six-year-old girl who lives in New York City's Plaza Hotel. 
The owner of the hotel's daughter is getting married, but Eloise decides she is marrying him for the wrong reasons and tries her hand at a spot and tries her hand at a spot of matchmaking. But will it work? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does. It does, in fact, work. Okie dokie. (laughs) All right. So casting credit, we're going to start with the most famous face, although arguably not the main character. Um, but I have to start with Julie Andrews because she's divine and amazing and I love her so much. And we have covered her already. So we have, I was just about to ask, have we, we didn't do the sound of music. What other Christmas movie was she in? I know we've talked about her because we talked about Mary Poppins. Well, no, I know. I know a lot of people consider it one. (laughs) Um, well, no, yeah, we did because she's the queen in the Shrek movies. Right. So is that when we talked about her? possibly was she in that special i don't know either way julie andrews (laughs) am i the only one who's who's not opposed to talking about julie andrews again if we have talked about her because she's julie freaking andrews i my history with julie andrews is i love her she's a national (laughs) treasure uh and one of the most amazing human beings i can see on tv i was talking to christine about how there's just something about her voice that is calming and soothing and takes me to all the right places that i need to be mentally what's your favorite julie andrews mary Mary poppins Poppins. oh that's such a good answer that's my answer also Um, i would would argue that there is no bad julie andrews there is no bad julie andrews yeah, There's she may have starred in less, a, a little, some lackluster films, but she has always elevated such films by being. Yes. She may, she outshines the lackluster and everything she does. That's right. But there are so very in, few characters in cinematic history that I love as much as Mary Poppins. Yeah. Old Mary Poppins and new Mary Poppins. I just love Mary Poppins. Yep. So in this one, she plays Nanny, who. I'm assuming, I hope correctly, is a recurring normal cornerstone character in Eloise yes. books as well. She is. She's not be- do you ever in can I ask a question? In the books, do you ever see the mom? You kind of it's like the movie. You kind of only get her from the back or whatever. You never see her face. Time. You no. inter- you don't ever interact with her. So Nanny is really the mother of Eloise in the book for guidance but- purposes surprisingly for disney they did not find a way to kill mother off they didn't because it's julie andrews i'm gonna kill her off no her her eloise's mother oh that's a good point valid she she is essentially the female version of alfred and yes but a lot less composed yes which was surprising to me um it's not it's not your typical julie andrews character she gets oh, to be very good. silly she seems like she's having a lot of fun playing this character right she sings she, she sings improperly she sings like she doesn't sing perfectly in this no uh-uh. <laughs> Which I and she does she lots trying. of yelling and uh-huh. and it made me laugh and i was very surprised because again no real history with the books definitely not enough to have any preconceived notion about nanny as a character um so it was nice and I can see why Christine was like, I don't think that's Julie Andrews because she, she really doesn't. First, she's not Mary Poppins as far as she, she doesn't even have the, she's not. 
She doesn't even have her iconic short hair, right? She has long, no. wispy long hair. Long hair, bangs, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. She's very different. And like I said, one. when she's singing, she's not singing perfectly, which is a weird place for Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is nanny to Eloise. Um, Eloise in this movie is six-year-old Eloise, who in the movie was portrayed by a 10-year-old Sophia Vasilieva. Hope I didn't butcher that. Um, now, she was on a really famous episode of Law & Order SVU. Really? With Andre, oh, what's his last name? Brooklyn Brower. Nine-Nine. Yes. Andre Brower was a detective who was intentionally trying to, I mean, was a lawyer who intentionally tried to get her rapist off. Oh, dear. The whole time, I thought she looked like a young Chloe Moretz or whatever her name is. They have a very similar I face. could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, you also may have seen her in My Sister's Keeper with, with Chloe Cameron Moretz, Diaz. Was she in that as well? That's the one yeah. where one sister has cancer and the other one is used to save her life. Is that right? Yeah, there was a very, oh. very depressing. Uh, yeah. Yes. She was in a ton. Read. Not most. Chloe Moretz. I'm sorry. I need to correct myself. Abigail Breslin. That's Abigail Breslin. I know but they all look alike. Yeah. I, the three of them look very similar. Anyway, They do look very similar. I can see that. Um. She has been in most episodes of the show Medium that had one of the Arquettes in it. Um, she was also in the infamous, famous, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, episode of SVU that Tom just mentioned, uh, as well as an episode of Lucifer, Notorious, Criminal Minds. Um, she's in the TV series Training Day. Um, she's a voice in Call of Duty World War II, which makes me laugh because I don't know how you get that gig. Uh, two episodes of Supergirl, if you are a CW fan, as well as Black Lightning, and uh, she's got some stuff coming up. I would like to <laughs> to point out something she did when she was very young. She played Cindy Brady in the made-for-TV movie, The Brady Bunch in the White House, which was a sequel to those spoof Brady Bunch movies starring Gary Cole and Shelley Long, who reprised their roles as Mike and Carol Brady in the TV movie, but all the kids and Alice were different. And in it, Mike ends up becoming president by... Yeah, you know, he's an honest guy. He found a winning lotto ticket, returned it. And the current president was like, let's make him vice president. And then at the inauguration, like he was outed for a scandal. So they swore on Mike. So there was a Brady Bunch in the White House and it was ridiculous. But she played Cindy Brady. So dumb. Oh my gosh. It was so dumb. So dumb. Um, okay, so playing one of the two in our Starcross Lovers storyline um, that Eloise is, is really working pretty hard from her little six-year-old perspective to make happen um, is Sarah Topham plays Rachel Peabody, a girl who also grew up living in the plaza um, and then went on to bigger and better things and is coming back now engaged only to be sort of reunited with her former flame. Sarah Topham has been in a few things. <laughs> Looks like lots of stage. Yep. Twelfth Night, The Importance of Being Earnest, um, and Dying to Dance, the TV movie. Um, she's got some pipes on her, and she's got some moves for sure. There's a bit of dancing in the special. 
so you can kind of see how they I think it's important that. to mention because you said she was big in stage she played Mary Hatch and it's a wonderful life and the stage adaptation oh. in Canada and also for some reason I haven't seen this movie in years but I remembered this role but I remember I thought for some reason she was played by Jemaya Mays from Glee the redheaded oh, guidance yeah. counselor yeah. and then yeah. when I was watching it today I was like oh that's not her. That's, that's not why her. I had in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, the Importance of Being Earnest is one of my favorite Oscar Wilde pieces. Oh, very nice. Ooh. I love me some Oscar Wilde, but I really love The Importance of Being Earnest. It was one of the... I love Oscar Wilde. the first... Meyer Wiener. I'm joking. Um, playing Bill, which is our most noble, great, earnest, wonderful male character in this special um gavin creel plays bill um he also has a pretty great history with playing himself on stage well not playing himself on stage um doing things on stage (laughs) he talks he sings he dances he plays the piano in eloise at christmas time so He's definitely got some chops. Um, as far as stuff he's acted in, you would have seen him most recently in Central Park, the TV show. That's the Apple Plus one, right? That you like. You would have heard, heard him in Central Park. Heard, heard him, him. Yeah. not seen yeah. him. Sorry. <laughs> who is he on? Who is he on Central Park? The Shadow. Young Hank. Young Hank. Okay. One episode. Called um, the Shadow. Called the Shadow. <laughs> he looks Irene like a Peloton instructor. This really guy. good tonight. He does, doesn't he? Clean cut. Yeah. Um, You would have actually seen him in two episodes of American Horror Story. He was Troy. And then he is a voice in the Tangled The Series series. And he's had a few late night show appearances as well. Um, It's important to mention he he was in Mary. He played Bert in Mary Poppins on stage. Speaking of Joe Andrews. Small world. Mm-hmm. Um, completing our love triangle is the villainous Rick Roberts, who plays Brooks, the guy that shows up with Rachel Peabody and like, who even is this guy <laughs> swooping in to marry her Christmas day? Um, Eloise has thrill thoughts about him, ends up uncovering him as a true villain. Um, and he, I mean, he's the third part of our love triangle, uh, Rick Roberts, aside from having a really great weatherman name hasn't really been in that much stuff all right so i said he'd not been in much stuff but i had actually just clicked on the wrong link where there was no information behind it he has in fact been in quite a bit of stuff um lots of tv show appearances on traders la doctors um he is actually in a tv movie from 2001 called a town without christmas so he might come back up again for us we had a few familiar faces in this too that we've covered. Jeffrey Tambor, Christine Baranski. Within the first like five minutes, we see both of them. Yeah. And they are um, employees of the plaza. So is Deborah Monk. I don't know if we've actually covered her in anything, but she is a, um, what do you call them? She's not a taxi driver. She drives the carriage, horse drunk carriage. The carriage. That's the word. She drives the carriage around. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was my favorite um, scene of Eloise giving out the presents, y'all, just so you know. That was a and good she scene. popped out from behind her. Yeah, that was a good scene. She, she was in the original one as well. I mean, I she's a highly recognizable face, so she should be. Um, maybe, and maybe this is a question for you since you saw the first one, there's this small, small subplot where um, Nanny and Sir Wilkes are flirting a bit and trying to decide what to get each other for Christmas. Is that a relationship that's established in the first Eloise movie and or the book series itself? They were flirting in the first one, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very... I don't remember in the books, but it was definitely in the first one, Julia. I really like Kenneth Walsh, the guy that plays Mr. Wilkes, Sir Wilkes. I've always liked him. Um, let me look and make sure I'm not forgetting anybody super important. I don't think the I'm only sure. other one I'd mention is the guy who owns the Plaza, right? Rachel's dad. Yeah, where's his name on here? Mr. Peabody. Oh, yeah. So then we have Mr. Peabody, played by Victor A. Young, um, who is Rachel's dad, who owns the plaza, which is why she's getting married at the plaza. And he kind of factors into why she left in the first place. Um, And his struggle a little bit when he starts to find that she appears to still be attracted to Bill, who is employed by the plaza. Right. Um, So we'll get into that in a bit. Um, directing this lovely little movie, so we usually cover that earlier, is Kevin Lima. Kevin Lima has a lot of Disney stuff in his background. Because, you know, once Disney's got its hooks in you, you got to just keep producing for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a ton like of Hallmark. animation credit. That's right. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Hallmark. He's got some animation credits for some great movies like The Rescuers Down Under and The Little Mermaid and Oliver and Company. So we're talking like 90s King. Um, worked on some really good stuff. Director credits on Tarzan and a Goofy movie, as well as Enchanted, which I love very, very much. I don't know <laughs> why he's not coming, why he's not doing the second Enchanted, but Disenchanted. Disenchanted. And- and he also has story credits on Aladdin and the Lion King. So this is a, sure this guy's a big deal. Yeah. Um, interesting bit of trivia mm. for 102 Dalmatians. So do you remember the first one? The live action one with Glenn Close playing Cruella de Bill? Yes. Did you know John Hughes wrote that movie? No. What? John Hughes wrote that movie and he made more money off that movie than any movie he ever did because it was the only movie he got back end on merchandise. So every time Disney oh sold gosh. anything Dalmatian, he got money for. So that was the movie he made the most of in his entire career. So he made more money off of that than Home Alone. Yep. Than Home Alone. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I need to get and for all the for all the kids out there, the live action (laughs) one hundred and one Dalmatians was like the first. That was like really the first live action remake of a Disney story. So it was a novelty when it came out in the nineties. And it it wasn't bad either. No, it wasn't. She was great as oh, Glenn Coase is. I mean, you're gonna have a winner just by casting her, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into story. Um. Kind of as established, Eloise in the books is the same as Eloise in this movie. Um, I feel like, although I haven't read the books, her character on screen feels very similar to what I'm assuming her character was in the books. Did this actress do a good job? 
I think she did a very good job. Although I think she comes across as sweeter on the screen because you can play her with a little more. Like on the book, she comes off as more mischievous. And this movie, she is mischievous, but she definitely has more sweeter heart. tinge to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. With more heart. That makes sense. Is I that agree. in both movie versions or particularly in the Christmas one because the Christmas season? Both. Both movie versions. Excellent. And I will say, I love her like uh <laughs> the joke she plays on people like when she's in the crowded elevator and she's like i dropped my mouse and everyone freaks out and runs <laughs> off the elevator <laughs> like that stuff made me laugh that was cute it was cute so the main um the main overarching uh plot line is primarily this romance between the potential romance between rachel and bill but it's all highlighted by the fact that Christmas has come, right? We're in the days before Christmas. So the plaza is getting ready. Eloise is getting ready. And Eloise has this kind of tension underlying where her mom really needs to get home for Christmas. She loves her mom. Christmas is about family. And is her mom going to make it? And this is where you could tell like Home Alone 2 shot the actual plaza at Christmas and this did not. Because Home Alone 2 looked much grander and more beautifully decorated. It for did look grander. This one I didn't. can agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's very true. But <laughs> they did not have to acquiesce and allow any um, unsavory characters. Unsavory characters. Thank you. So, Eloise, to keep herself busy, devotes herself to a project. And the project is actually very near and dear to her heart because Bill is her favorite person at the plaza besides Nanny, but we don't count Nanny because Nanny's not really uh, an employee of the plaza the same way that no. Bill is. So Bill is awesome. Great character. He treats Eloise like she's a human being and not like an annoying child, even though she's kind of annoying to him because she's six and all six-year-olds are obnoxious. But he takes his time with her and he's extremely kind and he's really good at his job. His job is not mm-hmm. high ranking. He does not get paid buckets of money, but you can tell he enjoys what he does and he does it really well. He's a porter essentially, right? He's like, that, uh, that's the first scene where we meet him, where he's where bringing up the room video. service. Oh. And uh, I guess they had this routine every morning. She pretends to kidnap Nanny and she's the uh, pirate and he comes to rescue yeah. her. It was so cute. It's it so makes you cute. really endeared to the character right away, his character. Yes, absolutely. They had, they had something similar in the other one where I was really in, endeared to him is when he when they're doing the piano together. Like you could just tell he spends a lot of t- a lot of time trying to make Eloise. The, a lot of the people though tell can tell she misses her mom and they invest a lot of themselves into giving her a good childhood and ex- childhood experience. And it makes my heart very happy. Right. Well, and it's interesting because you do hit a lot of different cast members in the hotel staff in general, and they all react slightly differently to Eloise, although none of them as viscerally as Christine Baranski's role, who is just like pure annoyed with Eloise and could totally do without her. Um, Jeffrey Tambor's character has a lightheartedness when it comes to Eloise as well. Um, he's like a, he works at the front desk, but he's not the concierge. The actual concierge made me laugh because she said the way to get to him is he's got a crush on her mom, apparently. And so <laughs> she just has to mention her mom and he makes things happen. Um, the chef that she talks to is very tight-lipped French chef, but he still lets oh, her. Oh, he loves her though. 
yeah, lick the whipped cream and all of that. Um, so I like the, and then the elevator porter even, doesn't say a word. <laughs> right. Which means he's either annoyed by her, but doesn't let her see, or he's <laughs> not annoyed by her, which I also really liked because I didn't want to see where kind of where Kevin McAllister, right, gets the rap on of from the Plaza staff where he is a pure troublemaker and nobody has time for Kevin McAllister, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get that from the staff in this well, one. It's probably because she lives there. But I was about to say, there is one main difference. How much is mom right. shelling out for that penthouse apartment That's in the Plaza? Yes. <laughs> That's also yes. true. So I appreciated that um, and not having the history. That surprised me a bit. Um, and I was really happy to see that. But- all that to say, uh, Mr. Peabody runs the hotel and he brings his daughter back to the hotel, um, his daughter, Rachel, um, and his daughter, Rachel, is engaged to Brooks. And Brooks is like this Harvard graduate, good guy, super wealthy, doing really nice. Or is he? And they're set to get married in a mere matter of days. Um, as soon as Bill sees Rachel, guess what? We get this backstory where Rachel grew up in the plaza as well. And her and Bill kind of grew up together. Different sides of the fence, that whole story, right? Of the have and the have nots. But they saw past all of that. And they had a childhood relationship that you just kind of grow to assume if she had stuck around would have grown into a romance. So yep. she's back and she's engaged to somebody who's very not Bill. And dad has given total blessing on this union because Brooks is an upstanding guy with lots of money. He's super successful. Where so, is he? Dad's a jerk. Is he? Dad He's is only worried about the wrong things. He is That's a bit right. of a jerk, but even him with Eloise, like he gets annoyed by her, but he will take the time to talk to her. Like when he talks about to explain the old lady situation to her. Right. Like, so then that's sort of our third storyline just a little bit hanging out. Um, what was her name? She looks totally different in this picture. Mrs. Thornton. The one with the blue, the blue poodle. The blue poodle. So <laughs> Mrs. Thornton is also a resident of Plaza Hotel and she's a little kooky and very, very cold, especially to Eloise. When we first meet her and we see the blue poodle, I was assuming Eloise had done something to her dog and that's to die of blue. Yeah, but I didn't realize that was like a decision she made as a pet owner. Uh, we've oh. covered her before, by the way. Oh, have we? She was a voice in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1964. Wow. Yep. She's been around. So this is a little... She played Dolly, by the way, the doll. who was oh, Okay. Yep. So she, this is a storyline that kind of runs throughout the entire special. Um and it's not huge, but it's big enough. And it really gives Eloise her humanity at the end of the show, at the end of the movie. Um, so Mrs. Thornton also lives in the plaza, which means she's shelling out the dough. But apparently the dough is drying up because Eloise, one, misinterprets what she hears. I think Mr. Peabody saying that Miss Thornton is dead <laughs> and instead finds out she's not in fact dead. She's simply having to leave the plaza and i think it's Broke. nanny that gives the backstory is that right no yes. he does like he, no he does oh he does he, give the backstory she That's confronts right. him about it oh, and he's like right. and he explains the situation to her which is a horrible situation her son essentially bankrupt her took money and ran off 
Yeah. It's a serious story. It yeah. surprised me as well that it like got real, real fast. Um, so yeah, so she's out of money because unsavory characters in her own family have really done her wrong. And so Eloise internalizes this a little bit and starts to change her own behavior to be a little more kind to Mrs. Thornton while she's still there, like putting a chocolate Bavarian cream cake on her porch (laughs) um, and doing these little things that turn into a big thing towards the end of the special. So our love story. Uh, Before you move on, I do want to say last week, Julia, or two weeks ago, you mentioned that you want to be Hallmark movie Christmas rich. Yeah, I do. I want to be rent a penthouse in the plot, buy a penthouse, rent a penthouse in the plaza rich, where I, you essentially use a hotel staff as your servants to to clean and cook for you and everything. That's a rich I want to be. That is a lot more rich than Hallmark rich. I want to be, I want to be, take my 401k Oh, in 2012 <laughs> and buy the bitcoin that i was told i should have invested in back then rich <laughs> three okay. very different levels of okay so um eloise at some point overhears brooks our villain um talking about how he didn't have any money <laughs> nor did he go to harvard and he's basically just gonna bleed rachel dry Damn. and live yep. off of her money well, he's um, on the phone, like literally he has all this debt to pay off and he says, just give me 11 days, give me till Christmas and I'll, you know, write you the check. So he's right. planning on bleeding them dry, literally the day of the wedding, cutting that right. check. That's, that's a rich, I don't mind being either. <laughs> so that becomes Eloise's driving force, right? Because she really likes Bill. And at this point, she really likes Rachel too, because Rachel is a very down-to-earth character and Rachel connects with her on the same level of, hey, look, I grew up in the plaza as well. I know what you're talking about. I love all of these people around here. So she starts to work her magic and get them um in the right place at the right time to rekindle the romance. Um, this means moving appointments around so certain people, uh, specifically Christine Baranski's character, don't show up at the right time for a dress fitting <laughs> or a menu planning. Um, but instead, Bill is there and they have a music number and they do a little dance. It's a very sweet. That scene. was such a cute scene. Yeah, that was really adorable. Was. Yep. Adorable. And so Eloise is pretty darn good at this. She even goes so far as getting the concierge to throw some tickets their way to go see Gypsy, which was her favorite show or his favorite show. Or they're both of them together. I can't I thought it was hers. Maybe it was her favorite show. Um, so as this is happening, Brooks is kind of in and out right? He sort of sees little things happening, but he's like genuinely not worried. Um, Peabody, however, is a little concerned when he starts to see how much attention Rachel is paying to Bill and gets a little squinchy because guess what? (sighs) Mr. Peabody did not want Rachel to end up with a staff member at the plaza. It's not good enough for his daughter. And that doesn't go anywhere from his perspective. So all comes to a head when, oh gosh, Brooks in true Disney villain fashion finds out what Eloise has been doing and finds out that Eloise knows the low down dirty on Brooks being a total crook. 
and locks her in the basement so that he can go little mermaid style, marry Rachel and like get that thing committed in a contract fashion. And then he'll let her go because she can't ruin it at that point. Makes sense. Given the director. I mean, little mermaid style. <laughs> if it works. Um, Nanny gets involved. I love uh, it. Nanny rescues her. And saves yeah. her. That's right. And they end up not, which I liked, not crashing the wedding and saying this guy is a villain. Instead, it was Rachel speaking up saying, I can't do this because guess what? I don't love you. And who barges in also at the last minute, but Bill saying, I love you. And so bad wedding doesn't happen. We assume good wedding does happen between Rachel and Bill in the future, but they definitely end up together. And Peabody has got some come to Jesus moment to make himself okay with this union, which comes at the end when we bring Miss Thornton back into the storyline. So, well, what's his name is arrested because there was this whole private investigator like tailing him the whole time for yeah there was a total lurker and you wonder the whole time who this is that's also doing some sneaky eye lurking like Eloise kind of was and ended up being FBI or something yep um so Brooks is arrested and we're sitting in the <laughs> plaza what's it called what's the word lobby lobby, lobby that's the word. And this striking Spanish Inquisition looking man with like a mustache and a hat and a cape comes up. Who I did not expect. Who I did not expect. <laughs> and says, Spanish Inquisition. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Thornton, you would already tell he's talking to Mr. Peabody and he's like, you'll never believe it. But we've done some research and it turns out Miss Thornton actually has loads of cash that she has been taken care of on our side. She is in fact royalty or whatever the story is. Um, it's not easy to tell right away, but it's actually Bill and costume. It's mm-hmm. probably the quality of YouTube was terrible. It might've been a lot easier to <laughs> see who he was in the better version. But Eloise kind of sneaks a look and she's like, it's Bill. And so here's our good guy doing the good guy thing. And guess what? Miss Thornton can stay. So she is now a permanent resident at the Peabody. And it is really this here that turns Mr. Peabody, that the plaza, sorry, not at the Peabody. This is really (laughs) what turns Mr. Peabody around. He sees what Eloise did for a fellow plaza mate um, for a neighbor. Um, He sees how great Bill is to do this thing for an elderly woman who has nobody to vouch for. Um, And so he sees what Rachel sees in Bill. Um, And this turns Mr. Peabody around to this union for his daughter and his future son-in-law, we're assuming. Um, And everybody is happy at the end. And guess who comes in to save the day? While they're all singing together. And Mrs. I love the line with, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit and I'm really sorry, but I love the line with Julie Andrews here where she t- says that she gave Mrs. Thornton the best Christmas gift ever. And Eloise is like, you think so? And she's like, well, gifts aren't always like something physical. What you've done here is, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. It just made me very happy. Well, I mean, it was great. And what I liked, so, I mean, that's just like the big picture story. We had a cute shopping montage at Christmas time, which you have, I was about to, have to say, especially I if love, you're in New York. You I, so, so one thing I loved is Eloise was at once a typical six-year-old. She had a list a mile long for herself. 
But she and also gives to Mayo Long for getting everyone at the plaza a gift, which I thought was very sweet. And I loved the whole uh, carriage through New York, shopping throughout New York. Oh, Brought yeah. me back to the Toys R Us in Times Square. Oh man, with the dinosaur and the Ferris wheel, that brought me back. That's not there anymore, sadly. She was she wasn't asking for all those gifts because she expected them either. You remember when she was talking, she said that she had seventy six items or something on her list because she wants to give Santa options. Yes. So even even though she has this ridiculous list, it's not the uh, I want it all. I thought that was kind of a, a nice save there. Yeah. What, and what I love even when she's doing, out shopping, she, first of all, I love, she, she goes up to the Salvation Army Santa and pulls on his beard. She's like, just checking to make sure he's real. And then she dumps a gift into his Salvation Army bucket, <laughs> which I loved. I thought that was so cute. That was cute. The, what were you going to say, Tom? I loved all of the caroling, all the singing throughout the episode. Like when she gets on the ele- like at the end, we we end with this very picturesque caroling, everybody's singing. Mom comes in, takes off her coat. Louise does a double take, sees her mom. But also like when we're on the elevator with all the people and she's trying so hard to get everybody to sing the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and they 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 come to the bottom of the of the of the elevator into the lobby just on the 12 days of Christmas, and everybody's joined in with her. Like her. <laughs> spirit her excitement her happiness her joy is so infectious that nobody can say no to Eloise yeah no I love it and I just love a lot of the little details right like how the hotel has acclimated to this little girl living there like yeah. uh in the kitchen she has her own phone because they expect a call from her every morning for room service yeah. so there's a little pink phone labeled Eloise yeah and uh yeah, I love it. And even though the plaza didn't look home alone, beautiful, realistic, beautiful, like it still looked cute, decked out. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the running gag uh, with Nanny hanging up the garland and the lights in the house. And every time a door slammed, it all fell down. <laughs> <laughs> Nanny was a bit of a boozer too, wasn't she? I loved her character though. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like you guys were saying earlier, so it was so nice seeing Julie Andrews play something different. And you yeah. can tell she was having a lot of fun playing it, like just not put together at all. Even when she found out Eloise was locked away in the basement, the way she like kind of panicked and threw her arms up and tripped over all the mm-hmm. gifts and everything. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, she was having fun playing this character. I loved for it. Sure. This movie. I liked it when I watched it, but talking to y'all, it's again, week two where I'm talking to y'all and I'm like, okay, I really like this movie. (laughs) It's grown on me throughout our discussion for sure. Um, So it's a Christmas movie, right? Yes, absolutely. What is our Linus moment then? I would say the Linus moment is kind of the end, right? Where um, Mrs. Thornton, what's her name? Mrs. Thornton. Thornton. Thornton uh, is allowed to stay at the plaza and Julie Andrews talks to Eloise about, hey, you know, gifts aren't always something physical. Like mm-hmm. that was a really nice gift you did for her. I love mm-hmm. that. Yep. That that, that moment with Julie Andrews was was it, right? That was the that was the the Linus Linus. I also like how um, Nanny is reading um, Christmas story to a Christmas carol to Eloise throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. as well. So that was nice. And from a music perspective, the music is really good. It's very festive, um, auditorily. 
you know, that's the right word, um, but it opens on the nutcracker. And if it opens on the nutcracker, you've got me automatically in a happy place. So um, very atmospheric, very Christmas. It was, yeah, it I was. agree. And again, it wasn't, but it was all, like, it's, I'm going to go back to it again. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but it wasn't just the, the background music. They brought music in as part of the story. Like they got characters yeah. singing and I want a carol, a Christmas caroling like experience for my holiday, but nobody ever invites me for reasons that uh, everybody who's listened to our podcast for any amount of time can probably understand. <laughs> I think um, it's any- funny that I was just going to say, we mentioned earlier how I mentioned the plaza was clearly not the plaza. I think they must have used all their budget on uh, that trip through New York because that was clearly the streets of New York and shops in New York and stuff. And then the plaza, I guess they had to just build on the soundstage, the interior of it. because they used it all on the New York exteriors. But they could have done those for free, like Buddy, did, like they did for Elf, you know? Just throw him <laughs> out there with a the camera. I mean, Elf, Elf had Elf was the same year, right? And they didn't spend that kind of money. Elf was the same year. Oh my God. It came out 2003. 18 yeah. years. We just celebrated wow. the 18th anniversary, which that's insane. That is insane. Um, we've talked about some favorite scenes. Any other favorite quotes or scenes? Favorite? Uh, well, well Again, I'll mention the dance scene, the singing and dance song, dance, song and dance scene. That was adorable. Um, I I loved yeah, every scene between Eloise and Nanny. I love the chemistry mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um, and I don't know. I'll just say more broadly. I just between this and Zach and Cody, like I guess I like stories set in hotels, people living in hotels. Like it's such a weird experience that I will never experience myself and like it looks so I don't know how there's never might thank you Tom thank you Tom but I don't know there's something interesting about the story because to the point like everyone at the hotel the staff is their own little dysfunctional family in the end Mm -hmm. right yeah I'm surprised there aren't more stories like that they're not rich right their mom works there isn't that the deal? Yeah. Yep. So there's hope you can get a job at a hotel. There you go. <laughs> All right. So it's time to rank it, but I don't know where we rank this one. It's a full. I'd say the movie. main movie is a step. Okay. So I. I'm going to do finally like bite the bullet and do what Julia's been doing. I can't keep comparing to this ever-growing list. It just has to kind of rank against its own. Um, right. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I enjoyed it. I, really I also it. am giving it a seven and a half. Look at that. I'm going to come in at a Anthony, six. Anthony, this is too much alignment tonight. That which gives us a full on seven. It is too well, much alignment, Tom. Give it a night. And we'll see what happens. That puts that number three three on our list. Very high up between It's Just Under It's a Wonderful Life and Just Above the Nativity Story. So very high up. I mean, Disney really needs to get with it and release this thing on Disney Plus in good quality. Yeah, Disney needs to release all the wonderful world with Disney. There's so many good movies. I don't know why. Do you remember Tower of Terror? They need to release that one. Kirsten Dunst and... uh, 
Gutenberg, whatever his name yep. was, and Melora Hardin. Like that had a big cast. Yeah, they need like, to put it, especially with them doing the theatrical movie now, Scarlett Johansson. Just put the original on. Yeah. 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 I don't get why Disney's suddenly being very, I feel like there's a lot of stuff I'm looking for and they're being very withholding. Mm-hmm. But I'll go on my Disney rant. Well, I went on my Disney rant last night when we talked about Home Sweet Home Alone. That's right. So we'll get to hear it tomorrow. I'm excited about that. All right. <laughs> if people want to weigh in on their love, hate, whatever for Eloise at Christmas time, where can they do that, Anthony? Uh, on all our social media feeds, which you can find by going to www.tisapodcast.com slash insert your preferred social media feeds here. Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. You can find us all there. Our Facebook group is the most active uh, year round, especially this time of year. Now that we're in the official Christmas season, uh, I feel like it's busy all day. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You'll see, you'll deal with a lot of cool people there. Not just me, Tom and Julia, but lots of cool listeners, cool podcast hosts, like the totally rad Jerry D. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. And if they're interested in extra content for the podcast that may or may not be Christmas, what can they do about that, Tom? They can join us at tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can get some pretty awesome additional content. You can hear just about everybody except from the Christmas Podcast Network and a lot of our listeners. um, Just about everybody you can think of except Tom and Julia on there. That's true. That is true. And That's sad, but true. And for the next few weeks, only a few weeks left, uh, check out our Thursday episodes. I wrote a Christmas book, another Christmas story. Chapters are released every Thursday in your main feeds audio form. Somebody awesome reads you a chapter each week. So check it out. Ends December 23rd. I'm putting a reminder in my phone to record that epilogue. I was about to say, uh, oh, <laughs> to remind you guys, like, you guys I'm going to confirm with you what I'm reading before I read it. That is an excellent. <laughs> excellent and we will idea. both check the schedule since I have not successfully read the right chapter ever. <laughs> Y'all. And so next week, I'm kind of excited for next week. I don't know if any of you guys have watched this movie on Netflix, Love Hard. Uh, just came out. I did watch Love Hard. Oh, cool. And then the week after that, we are traveling back to the land of Hallmark and having special guest Tim Babb coming on to help us cover this episode. We are covering the sequel to The Nine Lives of Christmas called The Nine Kittens of Christmas. I'm ready for that. It makes me so happy that he's excited to join us for that too. (laughs) I know. Oh man, so lots of lots of great stuff coming up, y'all. Lots of great stuff. I mean, including Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hello. That was last week. That was oh, last was week. that last week? That was last week. So home sweet home alone will be Thanksgiving week. I got you. I hope y'all had a great yeah. Thanksgiving. Yours yours was so good you didn't even remember it. Julia. I didn't even That's remember it. You know you did it right. <laughs> Means I didn't have to do any dishes because I would have definitely remembered those. Thank you, Marty, for doing all the dishes. <laughs> um so really what we have to look forward to is christmas 
since we've cleared Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? Only a few more weeks until Christmas specifically. That's only 648 hours to get your Christmas shopping done. If you're doing it up until Christmas Eve, which is nonsense. That's four weeks, seven days. Say it again. That is 27 days. That's only four weeks, y'all. Whew. Wait. Can I just under four right? weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks. Dead gum it. <sighs> that is only three weeks. It's crazy. It is crazy. Lots to do. Not a lot of time. Like like design a Christmas card, get them printed and mailed. Yes, like that. <laughs> For both, for both the podcast and the Crow family. <laughs> oh, I still need. I still need to get the Christmas card for Anthony and Sarah and Larry and Dexter printed in my hand. Well, we are doing family pictures on Sunday, so y'all will get something for me. I don't know if it'll make it by Christmas. Oh, good! It could go up on the fridge next to your last family picture, which is still up there. That oh, that's so me. nice. I have very <laughs> exciting news. Y'all's what? Christmas presents. They're coming to my house, but they shipped finally. Yay. Oh, your Christmas present will be there Friday and it's labeled do not open. So you shouldn't make the same. I have a second do. box. The second box said do not open. The first one, Christine went back. I had her double checking because I'm like, did I screw up here? She went back and checked. The first one did not have it. It, the, the, it said do not open Tom Crow. Yeah. And it got cut off at the top on the first label. Uh, okay. All right. That's forgivable. But I'm excited oh, so, to see what's so, in the so, other box. So Tom, Tom already got two boxes of Christmas gifts from Julia, and I've gotten zilch. I'm shipping take, yours. Take the, in the next two why, days. Anthony, why do you have to make things so weird? Can you just you just make it weird? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>